Media presents NFTeach. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. We're going to talk to Robert Powers from Live Planet about the video coin platform and really at the, the heart of this conversation. We've seen the disruptive nature of what NFTs have done for traditional artists and for the medium of art, um, whether it is for, uh, you know, what we've seen with generative PFP projects or one-to-ones or just photography. We're, we're seeing what's happening. We're, we're able to see a world where art and creating art is a viable future for people. And where I think that if you look at what's out there on Twitter, the next frontier is how will that sort of disintermediation and disruption be impacted for those who create video content or music. And, you know, we've heard about music NFTs. We've heard about video NFTs. But what Robert's going to do is get into, like, how could this really look and how could this really work? And how is VideoCoin sort of uniquely positioned to help creators uh, think differently about the way that they, you know, uh, monetize their content? So I, I think, you know, stick with this one. I think it's a really interesting conversation and probably a conversation that you haven't heard. Definitely, I haven't done anything like this on NFTeach before. So without further ado, let's welcome Robert Powers from Live Planet and let's talk about video coin and content creation in a Web3 world. Joining me on the PackRip Media guest line is Robert Powers of Live Planet. Live Planet is the operator of the Video Coin Network, and that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today. Robert, welcome to NFTeach. How are you today? Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me here. No, man, my pleasure. Uh, you know, we we've had a couple opportunities to meet and talk and get to know each other. So, for maybe the folks who've never heard of Video Coin, what is the Video Coin Network? So the VideoCoin network, uh, we we launched in 2020. Um, we've been we've been building it since about 2018. But essentially, it's um it's a decentralized network of compute power that that we originally built to to handle decentralized video processing. Um, and we have some very strong capabilities there. What we what we began to see, you know, more than a year ago, was this move towards NFTs. And and obviously, um, you know, what we were seeing were the 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 NFT equals a JPEG and some of the PFP projects. Um, and what we knew is that, um, that, that ultimately NFTs would begin to turn towards video. And so we, we, we began to kind of really, really look at our focus and, and really wanted to position ourselves to, to stake this position and what we think can be, um, you know, kind of a next level uh, NFT. And what were some of the signs that made you feel like it inevitably would move, start to move toward video? So I, I guess, you know, I still think that most people that are sort of, sort of newly entering the NFT space or the Web3 space see some really, really uh, short form video content on NFT where it's sort of like more of a GIF than a video, I would say, and uh, see... Uh, JPEG sort of static images or small animations. So I, I guess the, I guess the question is why video and and what sort of makes you uh, or, or, or makes you believe that video is going to be sort of the next frontier. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's I think it's logical. You know, some of the some of the development that's happened. I mean, um, you know, 
we we've all spent this moment trying to wrap our minds around what an NFT is. And I think, you know, one of the one of the like really salient points that came forward was this idea that it was a collectible. And so, you know, it makes a lot of sense as to why, um, you know, NFTs in their early stage was really focused on, you know, um, art or digital art. Um, this idea of um, the NFT being kind of this collectible object. Um, and, and, you know, to the extent of what, um, what Dapper and Topshot did in terms of really furthering, you know, kind of taking that concept and moving it into short form video or, you know, even clips. Um, this idea that similar to a baseball card, you could own this digital, you know, um, NBA collectible. I think those are really great in terms of really trying to establish from a very conceptual point of view what, what an NFT could be. Um, but, you know, I think from our point of view, um, you know, those, those experiences continue to be compelling and there's all kinds of community things involved that make them compelling. But just naturally, you know, I think we have this point of view that if you just look at, at media generally, video is one of the most compelling types of media. And so, so eventually NFT would move to this space, not just in a short form, um, but, but having the capabilities to do much longer form video. Um, and so that's, you know, given kind of our pedigree in video and, and the infrastructure that we had in place, we knew that that was kind of where we should, we should stake our position. Perfect. Let's stay there. So, you know, one of the things that really moves me or really had me be a, become a believer in the NFT space is, is something that could be transcendent for people was the idea of sort of creating some form of equity for people globally, because an artist who is in a developing country who doesn't have prior to NFTs, the ability to monetize their creativity uh, in an equal playing field from someone who's in a developed country uh I look at NFTs as sort of the great equalizer for that, right? Because I can be in the Philippines selling globally at the same price that I'm selling at if I'm a, an American artist or a Canadian artist. But as we think about the idea of what that means for video, right? I, I think there's a, a couple sort of use cases and, and things to think about that I want to let you opine on and, and sort of talk through, which is uh, let's talk about like just, you know, the idea of content creators specifically around video, we're talking YouTube as an example where the, the, you know, there's already a sort of consumption mindset with how people view that video content. I, I want to get your, your thoughts on what does a, a future web three world potentially look like for someone who is a video content creator? Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I mean, I think, I think you, you hit upon a lot of the words that, um, that inspire us as well. I mean, part of what we're trying to do here, you know, when you say when you say equalize, and you know, another word for this is democratize. Um, you know, these are these are principles that I think we we support. Let me let me um, let me take a step back and just kind of lay down what it is we do and and how we support some of these principles. And I think that ultimately leads to what you're asking in terms of what this means for um, you know Web three. But but so from a very um, from a from a very broad standpoint, what we're trying to do is expand the concept of what an NFT can be, um, and I think you know we we kind of as we're talking about we see the NFT as a new type of of entertainment format, and you know we think we think these these NFTs can be um, just as compelling as traditional entertainment. But it's totally going to transform the way that we think about 
um, content creation, um, consumption, and and also content monetization. And that's that's when we really get into some of the like the Web three ideals that you're you're speaking about. But so from a very base level, what we do is um, we're a white label software solution that allows any content creator or content platform or brand or retailer to immediately enable NFT capabilities um, from minting NFTs to having a marketplace or a, a storefront so that any of these people could, could essentially offer NFTs um, as like a, a consumer product. So, um, you know, for example, um, Jeremy, like, like um, if we were to, to start right now, um, by the time we got done with this podcast, we could have you set up uh, with an NFT marketplace, you know, um, NFTeach, NFT.com or, or Dr. Jeremy, NFT.com. Before we got done with this podcast, we could be selling um, this video on your marketplace uh, as, a, as an NFT. And so, you know, our, our, our software solution, our, our white label, we, we stay behind your brand. So, you know, your, your audience, your fan would go to um, nftnft.com or drjeremynft.com. They could buy NFTs from you. Uh, we enable all of this capability. This is, this is capability that um, would essentially take you 10 months to build yourself. And so, you know, when you talk about the concepts of democratization, democratization and, and simplicity, that's what we want our software to be able to do, to allow anyone to create these NFTs. So what I would hear maybe, I know the answer to this question, but I, I, you know, I, wa I want to make sure that the audience can sort of grasp this on a very granular level. Someone would say, as someone did say to me when I, I talked to them about this potential and this idea is, well, why would I want to own a YouTube video? Like what, why, you know, I can right now, it's similar to what people would say about Top Shot, right? Like wh why do I want to own this highlight when I can go to YouTube and I can watch this highlight for free? So what would be your sort of response to why someone would want to buy a video NFT? What would be some of the advantages of that versus the consumption model that we currently use if you're a, a short form video content creator where I just go to YouTube and, and watch it. You know, I think, um, I think one of the things that we'll see with it. So, so first off from a, from a, from a very broad standpoint, I think, you know, um, ownership is a very, is a very human, is a, is a very human activity. Right. And, and, you know, if you believe that, um, that, um, things are going digital, which which they are. Then, then I think the corollary there is that that we have to enable digital ownership, and and so you know I, I think just from a very broad standpoint, um, what what we're seeing with what's being developed via blockchain and what these technologies allow is the concept of digital digital ownership. So you know prior to this, um, it was it was only the ability um, to watch um, something digital. Um, you could only go to YouTube and watch it. And so, and so we still kind of maintain that mindset. But that doesn't mean that the actual, that, that the ability to own this doesn't bring its own advantages. And so, um, you know, so that I think is the foundation. Now, when you own an NFT, whether it's an NFT connected to a JPEG or it's an NFT connected to, um, to a video um, or, or any media for that matter, um, it's not just about um, um, owning the ability to see it, 
but but what's really interesting about what's happening with NFTs is there's all kinds of experiences that are being um, stacked into an NFT. So so yes, if your interest is is just um, looking, um, you know, clicking at media, looking at media, um, then that's fine. But but what we're going to see happen with NFTs is that they're going to evolve into much larger. Um, much more compelling entertainment experiences that are going to be worth owning. And then more than that, you know, um, if these things are worth owning, then they have value and they're an asset. And so going back to your original point, if if they begin to have value and become an asset, we have to have a way um, to, to establish that provenance, to establish um, the provenance of a, of a digital asset. And that's what, that's what these technologies do. Um, and, the monetization structure for a YouTube or a TikTok is is very much a volume game, right? You you have to ha- you know if you can get millions of followers, uh, you can monetize the, the content you're creating by having them watch, and the ad revenue that then is generated from watching said video, you you can make some money. And there's you know I'm thinking about that little Ryan kid who does his toy unboxings and makes 40 some million dollars a year. Uh, But that game is very much focused on volume, growing your follower base and having this massive following, which I think leads you to behave in a certain way. I'm not saying ethically behave in a certain way, but like that, if, if you need a certain amount of followers to monetize, then that's the game making content that will attract the most followers possible. And then you'll get a a very, very, very small sliver of the pie uh, economically that's generated from this ad revenue. And that's sort of the only way that a video content creator monetizes at the moment. Where I think this is really compelling is that as a content creator, as a, as a, a creator in general, it becomes far more about the community that you create more than the size of the community you create. And what I mean by that, right, is if if you have 4,000 strong in a community and they're willing to monetize through participating in your video NFTs, that would probably become they're, they're that sort of break-even point to where that monetization within the video NFT structure with your smaller, stronger, more uh, connected community, I think it, it becomes the sort of angle where maybe uh, you can then not focus as much on attracting followers and focus more on the quality of relationships with the people that are already supporting you. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this, this is the, this is the creator economy thesis, right? Um, You know, so um, prior to the internet, there was this idea that, that, um, you know, to sell a product you needed, like you said, you needed to reach a million people. And, you know, I think some of the initial promise of the internet and the way that it could connect, uh, that it could connect people began to develop this idea that all you needed was like your a thousand true fans. I don't think, I don't think the internet really has, you know, quite lived up to that. You, you do have these platforms like, like YouTube that, that intermediate between a creator and its fan. And because, because a platform like YouTube is based on you know, ad models, then you, you still, you can't do it with just a thousand fans. You, you have to do it. You have to do it with a million follows with, with a million clicks in order to generate enough ad revenue, um, to, to make it worth your while in order to essentially make a living, um, with the possibility of, um, essentially deplatforming, um, where you're not reliant upon, um, say ad revenue models, but maybe you're reliant upon subscription models 
and having that direct direct connection between content creator and the audience. Um, yes, you can speak to a smaller but more loyal niche, a niche that will interact with all of your content as opposed to just something that maybe kind of sparks their interest. And so, you know, I think um, what we're seeing here on, um, you know, to be so bold as to say kind of a tail end of a Web 2 is we're seeing Web 2 platforms that are beginning to stick the landing of this idea behind a content creator, uh, content economy, you know, platforms like subs, um, um, Substack and Patreon. But the next, the next evolution of that is a Web3 model where um, you are able to deplatform. And, and you have the provenance factor becoming involved as well, which you don't if you're merely a Patreon subscriber who has access to a private podcast feed. Yeah, look, I mean, on the, on the topic of provenance, um, you know, TikTok, let's take TikTok, for example, um, you know, a fantastic Web2 platform. Um, TikTok is endlessly entertaining, um, but the amount of creativity that happens on that platform um, and for those, um, you know, for those TikTokers, only, only a very, very small few of them are actually able to monetize that creativity. Another way to think about this, one of the most creative industries of the past 20 years is memes. Uh, but these memes, um, you know, the, those those people who originated a meme, whether it was a um, you know a title or um, a photo or a saying or um, the the juxtaposition of all of these elements, all of that secret sauce that makes a meme um, so entertaining and um, you know easy to distribute, easy to build upon, easy to riff on. This this creative provenance was never captured. These people you know, who, who um, expended this creative effort, they weren't, they weren't compensated for it. And now blockchain uh, and, and really NFTs allows a way to capture that, that, that provenance of creativity. Um, and, and it enables even, you know, things as bizarre to us as the monetization of memes. And, and obviously TikTok, you know, over the past week, they've, they've begun to move into NFTs as well. And, and for good measure, because um, there is, you know, fantastic creativity that happens on these platforms um, that 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 needs to be captured. It it's really compelling because I feel like of all the similar to the way that you know you, your digital artist has been sort of uh, brought along through this disintermediation, you have the same opportunity for video content creators. One of the other things that I wanted to make sure that I had the opportunity to ask you about. Uh, was th this sort of idea on uh, how specifically, uh, because we've talked through, you know, what it would look like uh, if if you were using your sort of whitelisted platform in place of using a centralized media platform like a YouTube or a TikTok. But I mean, I think that one of the things that I would be asking is, you know, when you're, when you have 4 million subscribers on YouTube, or 1 million subscribers on YouTube, you, you don't really know who these people are that are supporting you. Because in a lot of instances, people that are taken to your videos and that may click subscribe, maybe they just found you through a tangential video and it was the next one and they watched it and they liked it. And you also don't have a sort of scale that you can go, how big of a fan of this content is said subscriber A versus said subscriber B. One of the things I think is really interesting about the idea of the video NFT is the idea that you could really start to identify who your 
major supporters are, um, and then also have direct access to them uh, and be able to market to them. Because once you have a wallet address for them, you could airdrop them things or you could send them, uh, if they've listed an email, you could send them updates and you could kind of grow your your community in an organized way, but you would actually have like a really solid idea. Um, maybe not like, uh, you know, social security number level information on who these people are, but you would be able to start to understand your your consumer a bit more. Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think, I think um, this begins to point to what's, you know, the, the changes that are going to happen on the Kind of consumption side and and even the even the creation side of what's possible with nfts and and this is um you know the 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 big word here is community right this is this is um community creation and community consumption um, which are completely new kind of dynamics um particularly compared to kind of traditional or, or legacy media i mean i think i think one thing to kind of just establish here is is um I mean, first off, let's think of the NFT as um, what it means for an NFT to be a full media experience. So, you know, um, if you'll just give me a sec to kind of go through this, I think I think this will lend itself to what it means to um, create from a community or even consume from a community. But, but um, you know, so so yes, we we have our our white label platform. Um, it allows you know a brand, a retailer, um, you to to create your own NFT storefront. Um, but there's some other things that, that that we're doing that are that are are really novel in terms of how we we build our NFTs, and and we have this idea of of, of the expansive NFT. Which um, so what we do is um, first off we we don't the NFTs that we build are not just for video. You can you can do all kinds of media. So if you want to do a JPEG, um, or you want to do an audio clip, or you want to do a 3D file, um, obviously if you want to do video. Um, you can create that type of NFT through through our platform, um, but there's a there's a few other things as well. So first off, we view the NFT as a container, um, and it's a multi asset container. So so no longer is it just the idea that that one NFT equals one JPEG, or one NFT equals one video, but with the type of NFTs that we build into this container, you can put all kinds of different media at the same time. So you can put, you know, a couple of JPEGs or a couple of videos. And so we call this kind of the multi-asset NFT. On top of that, each one of these pieces of media in the NFT can be permissioned differently. Um, we do this through kind of a DRM methodology that we've built into the platform. So you can lock and unlock media, um, you know, to your, to your choice. And then, and then the final component here is that, that these NFTs are updatable. So even after you mint the NFT, or even after you sell it the first time, or maybe someone sells it the second time, new media can continue to be put into these NFTs. So, so these features all together are kind of what we um, are really novel about the type of NFTs that we're building. And, and let me kind of put all of these together for you um, in a use case to, to kind of demonstrate what we mean by the NFT as a full media experience. So for example, if I were to take like, um, let's say, let's say a musician that wanted to release their new album as an NFT. So into the NFT, they could put various pieces of media. They could put the album art, 
Um, obviously, they could put the audio, the audio clips, the songs themselves, the audio files. And maybe they would also put into the NFT um, a video of the first time the band rehearsed the song or, you know, a video of the band learning the song. Into this NFT, they could put all of these media pieces, you know, together at the same time. As well, they could permission these, these media pieces um, um, differently. So, you know, prior to selling the NFT, maybe only the album art was viewable by, um, by you know, the, the, their, their fans. And only after you bought the NFT could you have access to the audio files and, um, and the video files. And then the updatable part is that even after that first person bought the NFT, um, they could also put additional media into that NFT. Maybe they put in a video clip of, um, of them at the concert um, or, you know, they put in a video clip of the first time they listened to a song. But the NFT becomes this container that holds all this media and it essentially becomes a legacy piece for this product. So even as I sold the NFT to a next person or to a next person, um, it begins to track this, this digital product. It begins to track the lifetime of this digital product, really becoming this kind of full media experience. And so I think if you think of the media, you know, I think if you think of the NFT that way, that gets to the point you're making about what it means to be um, a community that builds itself around um, an NFT or an NFT an NFT project, because it's not just about what the maybe original creator gives to the NFT, but it's also about what the community contributes to the NFT. And so for, for a fan or, or an audience member, it gives you a level of access to, um, you know, to the type of content you love, whether it's a musician or an author or a filmmaker, um, that's just not possible um, without this technology. And I think this, this points to your, your previous point of if these things are just digital, um, why do they have value? But I, but I think, you know, through this use case that I'm explaining, you see why um, a piece of, um, you know, quote, just digital art might start to have real value in terms of the types of communities that can build around it. And that and that is absolutely game game changing in terms of entertainment experiences. And I still see the place for the Web two platform, right? Like, it, let's say that there's a fixed supply of, um, you know, my new single that I've written as a musician, and I'm only going to mint fifty thousand of them. And based upon number of followers and people who typically subscribe, you know, this is this is a good number for me. It's scarce, but not too scarce, and I'll sell it out. Blah blah blah. But, you know, for those that don't get in or they, they don't unfortunately get access to it for whatever reason, right, um, you know, there would still be a, a need for them to still hear the song. It would still probably need to play on a Spotify or a YouTube music for them to, to be able to hear it. But the idea of, of owning, and I, I always try to be very careful of not referring to NFTs as securities, but the idea of sort of owning this asset that can track, become more valuable, can be resold, can just be put in a vault. Uh, it, 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 it's what have, people have done with collectibles for a really long time. Uh, I think it's a really, really different experience. And, but if you think about the way that consumer brands interact and the way that they use Web2 platforms too, right? They're, they're buying their customers back through ads 
And uh, even when they do that, like on YouTube or, or Google or, or however, they don't really have access to to their fans. They're renting them through these these ads versus, again, creating this wallet relationship where you can kind of know your customer. You could start to market to them directly, which I think sort of changes your approach as a, as a brand from a marketing perspective, too, because once you've established a good amount of wallet addresses, you can you don't really need to buy them back anymore. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, um, at the end of the day, um, I don't I don't know if even marketing is the is is the right word because um, if you're a brand and you um, sell an NFT and this NFT um, contains various experiences around your brand, uh, and if you can continue to update this NFT um, with additional content. Um, then it's less about marketing and more about kind of persistent and consistent communication with, um, with you know, the audiences or fans that love your product. And so it's not necessarily um, a drive to communicate in order to sell, um, but it's, it's a drive to communicate in order to entrench or re-entrench, you know, that brand value that, that, that assumedly both you as the brand and your um, and your and your customer share. Um, so so you know I think I think you're right that that um, there will absolutely be a place um, for for you know quote unquote web two platforms. Um, but but for that fan that wants the additional experience, that wants that additional communication with the content creator or with a brand um, that wants that value plus. Um, content experience or media experience, you know, just experience in general, um, NFTs are going to be extremely, extremely compelling. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, if, if I were to do uh, some version of my podcast this way, I can imagine a world where um, people get the NFT and then before the next episode comes out, they're forced to either, <clears throat> similar to the Damien Hurst Currency Project, they could burn the episode they have. I mean, it would still live through posterity on these other, you know, web two based platforms that they could hear if they wanted to hear it again. Um, but they could essentially not necessarily own that one and they could own the next one. And it would sort of give them the advanced copy of, of having the video NFT of this next episode. If they wanted to keep it, they could just buy the next episode. Like, I think there's a lot of really interesting ways to view fandom and and owning content um, that really excites me as a content creator. But again, I think that it has the opportunity to sort of upend the the way that uh, content creators, just like artists, can now really look at as a, as someone who is leaving the field of education and has spent a ton of time there. I do not know of many colleagues that would say, you know what, young man or, or young woman, you should really think about a career in art. Your art's really, really good. And I think you could, you could make it with art. They would, parents would kill you. They would, they would hang you upside down from the chandelier. If you were having that conversation with students, especially in the Middle East, by the way, I mean, it, it would not go well. <clears throat> but what we're seeing is that young artists, artists in general, can, quote unquote, make a living from their art. And I think that video NFTs are going to allow filmmakers, documentary makers, musicians to sort of have the same approach toward 
there, you know, it, it opens up the creator economy for people to start really looking at it as a career option. And look again, I mean, we, we, um, <coughs> we would couch it as the NFT as, you know, as an experience, right. It's not, it's not, it's not about video alone. It's not about JPEGs alone. It's not about audio alone. It can be, but, but again, um, these NFTs, allow for the composability and flexibility to combine all of these media experiences um, into one digital asset that you can own. And so, you know, that's why with what, what we're focused on, um, you know, we, we really think about this from a multi-asset, um, all media approach. I think it's been a really interesting conversation and I think the audience is going to really enjoy this. Uh, Robert, if people want to learn more, where should they be directed? Yeah, Jeremy, thanks, thanks a lot. So um, we, we have our website at, at videocoin.io. Uh, we have a Medium blog where you can um, check out all of our updates. That's um, medium.com forward slash videocoin. You can also see information there about our, our Twitter account and our, and our Telegram. Thanks so much for joining and uh, looking forward to having you back for subsequent episodes. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that one with Robert Powers of Live Planet. Going to be bringing you more episodes. We're going to be talking to Jeremy Booth, the founder of Bushido's uh, really interesting generative uh, project that's coming along that I'm, I'm very, very excited about. Had a great conversation with him. We have a lot more coming your way. Check out the latest episode from here for the moments on the PacRip media stream, as well as the episode that PacRip Ewing posted of his podcast with the moment nerd and what he is working on. So a lot of great stuff coming your way from NFT from PacRip media. For now, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off saying, take care of yourselves and each other.